projector. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. Hope you are enjoying this, if you will, Black Friday weekend, Small Business Saturday, as we'll be highlighting a couple of businesses that we'll be supporting, a few businesses we'll be supporting today. Um, I basically take advantage of the Black Friday weekend and shop black, buy black, and we'll be doing a lot today. If you're in the Atlanta area, hopefully you'll be able to join us as we are doing the blackout tour, just giving a heads up as you'll hear more about that as this morning's broadcast continues. But I want to get introduce you to our special guest for this morning's discussion question. I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Um, looking for a couple other special guests as well. Hopefully everything's okay with them. Um, and those people are coming down with some sickness in my family this week, so hopefully everybody's well. Um, but with that said, this morning's discussion question, who were we before enslavement and does it matter? Who were we before enslavement and does it matter? Our special guest this morning is a brother by the name of Sosa from the Pseudo Killers. Uh, thank you, King, for being on with me this morning. Hey, it may just be you and me. Rocking in this thing. Hopefully, our special guest may be able to get on with us a little later in the show. Um, but if it will, you know, you're definitely um, primed and ready to handle this discussion, if you will. If you will, Sosa, say hello to my truth seekers out there and give a little bit of your background in reference to the, today to today's discussion, if you will. All right, peace, peace, peace. Uh, uh, I am Sosa. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a part of a group, uh, the Pseudo Killers, man, and we do uh, we cover a lot of uh, scientific discussions. And, and, and recently, we 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 delved deep into um, uh, enslavement in, in different areas, in different in different continents, and and and, and the role of of different parties' involvement in the in the actual slave trade. So. It's a conversation that we I'm pretty familiar with. So, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to build. Now, nah, absolutely, um, sounds good. Actually, looks like I may have my queen of intellect member jumping on this thing with me. Um, I like that most people know if they're long-time listeners. I don't like to do any shows without the balance of uh, one of my queens of intellect. So, let me go ahead and introduce. Hey, Deasia. Hey, Montoya. 
What's up, Queen? Glad to get you in on this thing. I know you a little earlier than I am. We rocking at 10 a.m. on the East Coast, but I know you're an hour behind me. So uh, thank you for getting up early this morning with me, Queen. But if you will, introduce yourself. Uh, tell them about Desk of the Asia. Introduce yourself to our uh, special guest. His name is Sosa. And uh, this morning's discussion question, we've already let the cat out the bag, is who were we before enslavement and does it matter? So, you know, give your background and, 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 and how interested are you into this morning's discussion, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Well, I am the Asia Robinson, the host of the podcast, Best of the Asia, uh, where I have two split shows. One is where I talk about just trending topics in the media, and then another portion is where I just have more, you know, tough conversations um, that we need to have um, in, within our community and just try to address those in a contained space. Um, I used to have a set time. I don't anymore, so I just pop up now. Uh, so it's best that if anybody out there listening to subscribe to the channel that's on YouTube. Um, when I heard about this this particular show that you're doing today, Montoya, I definitely wanted to be a part of it. Uh, I've kind of addressed this several times in, you know, just in different parts, kind of like having a rent, so to speak, um, because I do feel that um, – Sometimes we could romanticize our struggle. So I am definitely uh, glad that you have me on today to address this topic. No, absolutely. And so, again, glad to have you on with me, Queen. And our special guest, again, is Sosa from the Pseudo Killers. And so let's start like we always start before we go to our, our first break. And I'll let you go a little deeper with it. But, again, you just already mentioned that you were glad that we, in a sense, are having the topic. Um, but when you heard the question, and so, so you when you heard the question worded this particular way, who were we before enslavement and does it matter? What's the first thought that pops in your head hearing the question worded specifically like that? For me? Oh, that's for the Asian. That's for DH. That's for DH. Oh, okay, yeah. You said, you said um, when I heard it worded like that? Right. Like we always thought, Queen, come on, rock with me now. I said, yeah. No, I, I'm I, trying I, to, I, I thought you was asking him because you had said oh, okay, it's okay, so I thought no, you was asking him, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I'm I thought I had already answered that. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, but no, yeah. I, well, you said you were glad what, to come on, but I want to hear the first thought when you yeah, heard the word. Yeah, but when I, when when I, I as far as. When I first heard the question, it was just something that I just felt like, you know, we definitely need to tackle because we romanticize our struggle. So I do apologize. I thought I said that. But um, it, it was definitely something that uh, stuck out to me because, you know, like I said, I have addressed it before in different, you know, like going on a rent, so to speak. So um, that's the reason why I was saying that I was just glad that you were having this conversation. No, no, no. I understand that. I understand that. I guess, I guess maybe I'm not being clear. Excuse me. I, I was saying I was. I'm, I'm asking specifically to the work, the verbiage itself, if you will. Like, like who were we before enslavement, and does it matter? Like that, that language itself does it invoke a particular, like a, just a, maybe a thought specifically to it being worded that way. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, like the, just the nuance of that verbiage. Does that you know, maybe you don't have a different thought than that. You know what I mean? I just didn't know if, because I know, like, for example, when I was sharing the question, people were intrigued by the does it matter part. And so I was just wondering if it intrigued, if anything, if it sparked any thought for you. 
again. And I'm sorry for being Yes, it did. That's the reason why I'm glad that you're having the conversation because it did spark some thoughts in me because I've had some of the same thoughts about it. Like, you know, does it matter or or, or not? So, yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, so, so um, before we go to the break, uh, again, I hope I'm, hope I'm not confusing you, but again, it's just the first initial thought that you get. Um, again, you know, I invited you on. Thank you for coming on. And when you hear it worded that way, who are we before enslavement and does it matter? Can you think of the first thing that came to mind when you heard that question? Well, well the first thing that came to mind for me was, you know, because, you know, especially when, when, you, when, when you ended, like, does it matter? leaves a lot of ambiguity. So I'm thinking, so first I'm thinking like in what way when you say mm-hmm. matter? Uh, are, we, are you talking about sociological development? I'm saying? Are you talking about our, 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 does it matter in terms of, of our plight towards uh, economic freedom? You know what I mean? So that's so mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll just wait. Show starts it. Then I'll get a gist of where you're going with it. And then I would just build from, um, start with that building block and then just go from there. Nah, sounds good, and that's and that's the ambiguity that we and I'll say this intentionally created because it allows us to cover it all, if you will. I mean, we never can cover a subject this this massive in two hours, right? But I'm just throwing out that it allows us to go in all of those spaces if it makes sense. You know what I mean? And so as we go there, you know, I want to pull out both of your thoughts. And from what I understand, Baba Amin actually will be joining us here in a few minutes. So glad that you know we'll get him on as well. Uh, but we all get the first break. And when we come back, we'll get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. Who were we before enslavement? Again, who were we before enslavement and does it matter? We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go and what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, DeAsia Robinson. Our special guest is Sosa from the Pseudo Killers. This morning's discussion question, who were we before enslavement and does it matter? As we listen to a cut from none other than John Henry Clark, in a sense, the godfather of this thing, as he breaks down just in general the idea of history being, in a sense, uh, uh, an an important guide um, for any group, any culture, if you will, and he said, you know, he relates it to um, the the relationship between a mother and child, if you will, understanding, um, in a sense, where you should go by knowing your history. And so, as you said, so so we asked that question: Does it matter where you know where where are we going with that, right? And so I remember I I actually shared this with a sister last night, the title, and she was like. Well, obviously it matters. Like, it absolutely matters. You know, to a degree, she even said, I don't even understand what you mean by that. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Does it matter? Absolutely does it matter. You know, it it does matter was her sentiment. And so what I said to her, and I'll be interested in hearing both of your thoughts on this, and, and so when you look at what we're talking about today, who were we before enslavement? And I want I would like to highlight obviously that's a long period right before we got here, um, if you if you will if you could, you know even the idea of us in a sense being the original man if you will right so the period before enslavement could be in 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 engulfed a long period and we can go to a degree as far as back as we need but in particular I would like to highlight at least for the start of the conversation just that period right before in a sense our ancestors were brought here and so. What I, I, I said, just as an idea, when the sister said it absolutely has to matter or it does matter, and I just briefly said this. I said, well, as African Americans, in reality, very few of us know very little about the period right before enslavement or with the actual ancestors we, in a sense, directly descend from. We know very little about that period. And so to a degree, if it matters so much, we have, in, in a sense, made an effort to learn that period. So does it really matter? Again, it's not me saying it doesn't. It was just a way of questioning even our information and what we choose to learn about that period, whereas most of us don't know anything, nor have we, in a sense, made an effort to do so. So I wanted to kind of see what y'all thought about that comment. Again, it's something I said, you know, shared to a sister who said, hey, this, this does matter. So I'm like, well, does it really um, so, so when you hear me, you know, just kind of delve into that way, what's your first thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I feel that perspective in terms of like, if you're saying, well, if you're saying it's, it's important and you're not taking necessary steps, then, 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 then by default, it couldn't be as important as you, as you say it is. So I, I get that. I get that perspective, but in, in, in lieu of the fact that um, the majority may not be um, educated on that particular area and, 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 and the knowings of it, uh, still wouldn't um, take away from its importance. You understand? Because you know, I mean, even the, the 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 importance of it is not predicated upon how many do it. You see what I'm saying? Because you know, it could still be a calamity. Another calamity, even if it's if it's, if it's not done as a as a as a whole and a large as a large amount, but it's still important. So. 
No, I respect that. Your thoughts, DH? I think it's important to know your history, all of it, um, uh, so you can have a sense of a sense of self. Uh, it's important to know that when that's where it just starts and stops for me. Um, I don't feel as if a lot of people understand that we look at um, a lot of people look at Africa like it's a uh, it's just like this one country or something, but it's actually a continent of countries and. What ends up happening is, even with us trying, a lot of people don't actually take the necessary steps to actually figure out where they're actually from. You know, we kind of like group everything together, and some people feel like, you know, every every one of us are descendants of slavery. Um, every one of us came from the same part and everything, whatever the case may be, and that's not necessarily the case. So I feel that, you know, it is important to kind of go back, uh, figure out where you actually came from, know your actual history, um, so you can have a sense of self. But then I, I, I just feel like that's just where it stops at. Because a lot of times, once, once people, you know, figure certain things out, a lot of people just want to romanticize it and be like, you know, we were kings and queens and. You know, we came for royalty, and you know they 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 we built the pyramids. You know, they kind of want to hotel the situation a little bit, and I think that's when it goes a little bit. It goes a little bit too far because that part I don't see how it really helped us at all post slavery. So. That's the part that I just feel like is not necessary, if that makes any sense. Okay, no, I respect it. Um, any thoughts about what she had to say, uh, Sosa, and just kind of the Asia's perspective on it, kind of get, I guess, into it in a sense, give us an overall perspective on how she sees that. Any thoughts about what she had to say? I'm uh, uh, not like. Um... You know, because I, I mean, you know, it's a conversation we've delved into, and, and, I, and I agree. I, I agree with that. I, I think, um, I think for a lot of people, the the part knowing is not necessarily the the, the toughest um, issue. It's knowing, um, okay, once I notice, what's what's the importance of of it, right? Um, in what ways is knowing my history applicable? You know, what I'm saying. Um, how how is it going to be useful once I know it? You know what I'm saying so when you get into the romanticizing where kings and queens, then then their reasoning and their um, their, their their understanding of it and how how it's applicable in their life, I think that they're they're misusing it, uh, misusing the purpose of knowing history when it, when they do it that way. So I do I, I agree with her in that, with that aspect of it, and I see where she's coming from. Okay, no doubt. We got Baba Amin, so I'm going to jump him right off in this thing. If you're a long-time listener, y'all already know who Baba Amin Ojo Wolf is. Um, he's um, he is he is Hey, Baba, we got you on live, King. Uh, this is the brother. Peace. Uh, owner and founder of the Huru Academy. So we got a true historian yes, of this thing. And so uh, we kind of already kind of entered the discussion, if you will. I uh, hear a little bit in the background. I don't know if you got me in the background, possibly. 
No, I don't know. It should be all right. I just got you regular. Okay, got you. Um, DH, do you hear that? Yeah. DH, do you hear that? Yeah, it's, it's a kind of, it is a, a little um, feedback. Is it an echo? Like an yeah. echo. Mm, i got to figure that out. I've never had that happen before. Let me see here. Hmm. Okay. Let me hold take you up, off and back on. See what happens. All right. I don't hear it when he's not on. So let me see if it comes back on. Yeah, I bear with it. Sometimes this happens. Technology works just fine until it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Mic check one, two. I think we may be okay. How's nope. that? No, there's a, there's oh, a, man, yeah, that's a feedback. I never had this happen before. Okay. I'm just sitting uh, in my office on my phone. I don't have you on speaker. That's yeah, super weird. Let me see. Hey, it's, not it's not unbearable. It's not unbearable. No, it's, no, it is now no, loud. It, no, it is now it's loud. Oh, now, okay. Now I'm off speaker now. I'm just. You off speaker? You off speaker. Yeah. Nope. I might just be extra powerful this morning, man. I don't know what's going on. I can dig on. it. I can dig it. Hey, try this. Call <laughs> back in and see if we get the same thing. Because I've never, yeah, never had this happen All right, I'll do that. All right. No problem. That's super weird. I definitely need that brother's um, experience on this thing. Again, he is the owner of the Huru Academy. Um, this morning's discussion question, who are we before enslavement and does it matter? Um, so definitely respect that perspective, DeAsia. And again, hopefully we'll get Baba Amin back on. While we're waiting for him, here's what I want, where I wanted to go just to, to think about this again. Um, I think you made a good point to a degree, Sosa, when you say, hey, it's not necessarily about how much we know, but it does, you know, us knowing it or not knowing it in itself shouldn't be the determination of whether it matters or is important. However, I did want to jump into this thing just as a, as a thought process, um, just to think about it from this standpoint. Can either of you recall what you recall about history from your primary school years? Can you recall learning about anything about our ancestors in your 12 years of primary school? Can you recall learning anything? I know for myself, uh, the little bit that I know even today as an adult, I learned after primary school. I don't think I recall anything specific in my primary years that I learned about history. Uh, either one of you can, can y'all recall anything that you remember about our ancestors prior to coming to America? Um, I'll jump in and answer that first. Um, no, I, I don't remember anything like learning in school about how our ancestors prior to uh prior to slavery. I can't I can't say that I remember that now when I got into college, yeah, but you're asking about just primary school. So no, I don't remember that. But I actually I remember when I used to be in school, I've always like my my upbringing and my thought process as a kid was just like really different. Um even like now I, I don't like slave movies or anything like that. It just, even when I was in school and I wasn't taught everything that I should have been taught in school, when I would listen to some of the stuff, I actually, when I used to hear about the slave slavery and everything and, and, the, and the people in, and, you know, we used to do the uh, black history programs, I actually used to look at it like fictional characters. I didn't even really believe it 
to an extent. And, and, and I know that might sound crazy, but I guess because we had it that we plan around one month, we're doing, you know, you dress up as this person and, you, and you t- you're talking about these people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they're on the wall along with like a cartoon character too. And all mm-hmm. this type of, I, I didn't even, I didn't even um, connect with it. I didn't even see it. I, I actually was like one, especially one person in particular that I just didn't believe existed was like Sojourner Truth. I remember she used to be on the, I was, I was just like, these are fictional characters. That's actually how I used to see it. Um, so I did, I never really connected with this whole thing. Like I didn't see myself in that, if that makes any sense. Like I never <laughs> sat in the, and, and was like, I feel like a, you know, these are my people, and I I came from slavery or something like that because I had looked at it like, hey, I came from my mom and my daddy, and that's my grandma, and that's my great great grandma. I didn't connect with these people that they were showing me who were enslaved or anything. I connected with my own family that I had. So the only thing I knew is I came from my mama, and this is my grandma, that's my granddaddy, and that's my great grandmama. Yep, I got that's, you. That, yeah, that's, so that's yeah, where, that's as far as it went for me. So yeah, I get it. So so basically, you from hearing you saying as a child, that's how you processed it, which is very interesting to me. Yeah. As I listened to that, because um, I def I did connect with it heavily, um, learning it in a, a very similar stance. Again, we're talking about American history now, because um, as you said, I didn't learn anything. You didn't learn anything as well. But it's interesting to hear how you as a child processed it. So, so what about for you before we get try to get Baba Bob Mean back on? Or uh, what about you? Anything in particular um, in, in your 12 years of primary education? Did you learn anything about our ancestors prior to coming to America? I'm sorry, so, so let me get you back live, brother. Are you alive? Are you on mute, possibly? Also, you still there? Yeah, my choice. Give me a sec. Give me one more sec. Okay, brother. Give me a sec. Go ahead. Gotcha. All right, let's see if we can get Baba Amin back in this thing. Sorry, y'all. We have some technical difficulties this morning. I uh, got um, my man Sosa on the road, so I'm pretty it sounds like he's handling something. We'll make it work. Uh, let me get Baba Amin back in here. Oh, did he just? I just had him. Oh, man. All right, Baba Mean drop. All right, DA, this is going to just be you and me. We got um, Brother Kevin wanting to jump in out of South Carolina, so I'm going to let him jump in. Hey, y'all, this is, y'all work with us, man. We'll uh, have some technical difficulties to see if we can get um, Baba Mean back in here and um, get Sosa in here as well. All right, Kevin, rock with us. Give us your three cents, King. Ah, hey, uh, the question is sort of like asking the question, is my ancestral DNA important? If I'm trying to uh, take care of myself health-wise, I need to know my ancestral DNA because I need to know why I'm lactose intolerant, why I may be diabetic, etc. cetera. Uh, and our history, you have to go back through our entire history. Because if you take a period of right before we came into slavery, you're still dealing with a people that was dealing with a, 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 a point in time in which they were weakened to be enslaved. You know, uh, what led up to our slavery? You're talking about the uh, European, but even before the European slave trade, it was the Arab slave trade. Like you uh, just used the uh, 
the great ancestor of Dr. John Henry Clark told us, you know, you got to go back to what happened. See, when I hear that question, the first thing I hear that question is um, from people that who want to forget, you know, about the slave thing. Uh, the sister, uh, you know, expressed just now, and I, I used to hear that a lot from a lot of the so-called, I said, so-called educated class, because they wanted to bury the history because they feel embarrassed by the history. Instead of understanding the history, in order to get into your greatness, where you can succeed in this world, because you need to know how you got into this uh, uh, situation you're in. You need to understand who put you into this situation and how you deal with those people who put you in that situation. I always tell people, ask the who, what, when, and why. Who, what, when, and why. The four W's. Once you know that about your history, you'll see how you got into the present. Because there's a reason why we keep repeating uh, these bad habits that we have because we refuse to go back. Those who don't know the history are destined, I say cursed, to rip over and over and over again. Because you not you didn't understand how you got into the trap and you keep stepping into the trap. You keep stepping into the trap. So uh that's very important. But you gotta you gotta study the whole thing, not just pieces. Because that's where you get it wrong. That's why people get it wrong. We take what we want out of it. You gotta deal with it and digest all of it in order to take care of your people's um, you know, psychological damage that was done to us and where did it come from why do you feel the way you feel why do they feel the way they feel towards us you understand so let me say mm-hmm. this brother we're up against the break I, uh yeah we're up against the break so dear i'll let you respond out of the break um at the end of the day even if in 12 years of history or even in a four-year college or even if you're a history major um i, I absolutely understand if you're a history enthusiast the idea of understanding it all and taking it all in. In reality, um, and we'll get into this a little later, history is a is a story, his story. So it's used in a manner to be effective to provide the correct esteem for a culture or a race to, to, to guide itself. And so in reality, most people tell their story in a favorable way, and it's not necessarily covering it all. I'll let you jump back in, Kevin, um, if you want to, but you've got to come off the one and back on the one. Uh, we'll get your thoughts the age are coming out of the break and Baba means back on as well. So we'll get him in and hopefully Sosa's ready to rock with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. So how did you find out about Aru Academy? Uh, Being all the way over coming in England. Yes, 
I googled it. I was looking for something for my daughter because we were in a very white space and it was making her feel really bad about herself. So I started googling. Um, I was actually googling for London. I was trying to find a class or something in London. Nothing came up. But on Facebook, someone had mentioned Uhuru, and that's what ends up popping up. Um, and then I told a friend of mine who's here who was looking for something for her daughter, and she ended up registering my daughter for summer school. And that's how it all transpired. Ah, that's beautiful. We actually ran commercials for that summer school on the um, it's really? about our talk show. So it's dope that that's how you started. Because I, I know you said during the thing that it just took two weeks for you to realize this is where you want her. I mean, honestly, most of the job was done in one week. Right. But I was like, one week to counteract. She'd been at school four, five, six. She'd been at school three years. It took one week. I love it. Welcome back to... The Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Vitoria Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host DeAsia Robinson, our special guest is Sosa from the Pseudo Killers, as well as Baba Amin from the Uhuru Academy. See if we can get Baba Amin in here properly. As I told him, I had a surprise for him, and it was a live testimony I happened to get just a few weeks ago. I was at an event, the Arts and Culture Show, that I go out of support, and this sister showed up with this amazing I think she might be eight or ten years old. I think she's just eight years old, and she was just blowing us away all night. She did a piece, and she was just so educated. And I was like, "How?" And then she started talking about the Huru Academy. And I said, "What's the chances of this small world?" So, brother, brother, I mean, I think you got a proper introduction now. So we're discussing um, who were we before enslavement, and does it matter? So that's one of your students, uh, mothers. Big up and exactly what you do, and you are appropriate for this morning's discussion. Thank you, King, for being on with us. Did I lose Baba Amin again? No, here I am. Here I am. Mike check one, two. Mike check one, two. Come on, I got that. Come on, we got to get this thing going, man. We're looking back. All right, all right, cool, man. Hey, man, look. (laughs) We're not going to let this technology thing uh, knock us out this morning, man. But give thanks, man. Give thanks for having me. Uh, 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 give thanks to the panel as well. It's an honor. And, man, great commercial. I couldn't have done it better myself. <laughs> Nothing beats a testimony. Nah, absolutely. Hello? So, De'Asia, yeah, yeah, you there. You there. So, if you will, okay. De'Asia, go ahead and jump in on that comment from um, – um, let me jump on that comment. From Calvin. Yeah, go ahead, Queen. Okay, this is what I wanted to say. Um it's interesting when I hear us talk about slavery is because sometimes we talk about slavery as if we were the ones that were actually shackled, as if we're the ones that, you know, like physically experienced uh, cattle slavery or whatever. Chattel, what is it, cattle slavery? It's like we're the ones, we talk about it in, we talk about it in, in that sense. I think that what ends up happening, what a lot of feel like, a lot of people feel like, is so important for us to know is because of, for whatever reason, and I know that it's a part of the reason is to, like, keep us mentally enslaved. Um, we are taught about slavery, like, we are indoctrinated with that information as kids. And the reason why you brought up the conversation about, you know, what we learn through our, um, you know, going into elementary, high school, and things like that. Um, it's because for whatever reason, we're black kids. They they have to sit in classrooms and they have to learn. You don't you don't you don't see like 
us learning about what happened to the Mexicans or they're going really hard about, you know, you, you have little pockets of where you hear about the Holocaust and things like that. But every year you got to have your black history program. You got to be reminded that people who look like you, they were enslaved and, and this is how they came over here and everything or whatever, because that is pushed so much. Then that is what drives people to want to know what was before that. But uh, people actually talk about it as if there were they were the ones that actually experienced the the, the, the they actually experienced like being shackled or and all of that kind of stuff and that's not something that we actually um, we actually experience ourselves. Yes, yeah, good to know that information. Like I said again, to have a sense of self. But some people, to me, people go too far with it because once you do know that information. It's like it's good to know, and that's it. Once you do know that information, it's not a lot that people turn around and do with actually knowing that information. What I see happening is they start romanticizing it. They start painting this picture like everything was all good, everything was gravy, every one of us was kings and queens, you know, we built the pyramids and all of this different stuff, and now we, a lot of times, I have seen where it puts us in a situation where we romanticize it so much that we actually become stagnant and don't do anything because we just feel like, you know, we can live in these impoverished conditions. We can, um, you know, start trying to live off the grid and everything. We We don't actually try to obtain certain things of the world because we're like, you know, that's not of us. And we place it in our mind like, oh, we're just kings and queens, and we just have this uh, romanticized idea of of self after a while. And I feel like that is not a bad thing to feel like you're royalty. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at our condition here in America right now or throughout the diaspora, are we really royalty? Have, are we really doing anything with this information? Are we really changing our condition with this information? What is it really doing for us as a whole? You have right. certain let's, groups let's, of people that they get, they get the information and they do some let, some very important let, thing, but as a whole, us, our condition is still the same. Yeah, let, yeah let, it, let, let us answer. Let us answer. So I'm going to let um, Baba Amin jump on there, um, I, and I will just highlight very briefly the, the 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 sister from Europe again using that testimony she talked about the world of difference of in a sense of what her child was able to learn in one week versus three years of what she had been learning in schools over in England if you will but I'll go ahead and let Baba Mean tackle that uh, you know what are we doing with it I think it's a very valid question uh, from Deasia go ahead um, Baba Mean all right um, well I, I will start by um, saying you know peace Deasia. <laughs> we'll start with that. But uh, uh, when it comes to history, you know, like uh, Montoya, like you alluded a little, little earlier, you know what I'm saying? Um, history is taught uh, as used as a tool um, to help mold and shape a people into a certain direction. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've heard criticisms before as far as, you know, uh, uh, don't over romanticize the story. Uh, uh, and the truth is, I've never really seen it in all my years, over 30 years of teaching it. Everybody don't teach it the same way. 
is not presented the same way. Not everybody's on the same thing. You know, just like with European history, just like with Asian history, it's not a monolith. It's not just this one story that everybody tells the same story. You know what I'm saying? Um, stagnation. Um, I've seen a lot of my people be stagnant. A lot of communities be stagnant Stagnant in my years working with black people. And most of the stagnation are from people who don't know the history. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, 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 now, if you're talking economic gain, you know, I've seen economic gain on both sides of the spectrum. You know, I've met some very wealthy black people. You'd be surprised how much of our history is boosting them. They don't talk about it because in their arena, it's not good business to be outwardly uh, 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 pro-black or, or, or that sort of thing. But when you sit with, with them behind closed doors, it's like, no, nah, man, you know, identify with Mansa Musa, identify with this story, that sort of that, That's just been in my experience, you know. Um, and then, of course, I've, I've, I've been around Africans who have moved through society without knowing uh, our story uh, before slavery. They have done very well for themselves, you know, uh, uh, and I won't put a blanket uh, statement on mm -hmm. all of them, but uh, a lot of them that I met are disconnected from the community and want to know how do I reconnect, you know, and, and they've made their way by disconnecting away from who they are, and they deal with an identity crisis uh, when, it, when it comes to that, you know what I'm saying? And, again, most of the people I see left in the community not doing anything, that they don't have the history, you know. So, so if we look at which, 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 which way or which way of thinking stagnates us, you know what I'm saying, you can kind of make a case uh, 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 really more for not knowing the story than for knowing the story. It's just that we're used to the stagnation that comes mm -hmm. with not knowing. Sometimes there's a comfort in not mm. knowing, you know what I'm saying? And so, so yep. we're used to that, you know, and you, you know what I'm saying? So, so sometimes it don't even seem like that's what it is. It don't even yeah, seem don't like it's stagnation. It's, it's, it's kind of like right, you're not evaluating because it's the default. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's what it is, you know. Now, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I meet black people who say, oh, we kings and queens. They turn around, they use that as an excuse to not do anything. You know what I'm saying? But, hell, I meet black people that say we niggas and bitches, and they use it for the same reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like so it's not really, it, you, like, you can lay, well, you can lay any story over fear. Fear is going to be fear. You know what I'm saying? It may just be that cowardice that's there. You know, it don't matter what story you paint around it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily cure that, and it depends on how it's delivered. You know what I'm saying? We deliver our story in an empowering way. We don't over-romanticize, but we also don't start and end our existence with slavery. Slavery is a commercial break in our story, in our school. Matter of fact, we don't even get to slavery till, till what we call Black History Month. That's when we get to the Ma'afa in our fast-track class. You know what I'm wow. saying? That's our, our quick call and response class. We don't even touch a slave ship until February, starting from August until then. You, get, you understand what I'm saying? And I it's all it. about the lesson in the history. So, yeah, you learn about kings and queens, but you got to do the critical thinking. How did the people live? What if you were just a citizen in Mali? What if you were just a citizen in this and that? Just kind of identifying with the lessons. Did we participate in the slave trade? Yeah. Why? And then we teach a valuable lesson on, on, on that. I'm not going to get into it today. You know what I'm saying? But, but, right. we, but we make a parallel between the past and connected to the present. And that's what connects them to that larger story. When you're connected to a larger story in an impactful way, it bulks up your existence. It doesn't minimize it, right? And you don't have to walk around confused and ashamed and, and, and that sort of thing. Hold your head up. Go be that doctor. Go be that lawyer. Go be that engineer. Just know mm -hmm. that you come from a legacy, uh, uh, and you're a part of the human family, and you're a valuable part of the human family. 
you know, so that that's just my take on it. And I was never taught anything uh, in school uh, mm-hmm. about our story prior to slavery at home either. You know what I'm saying? I said I was mm-hmm. the top of my class academically in an all-black high school and didn't know anything about where we came from as a people. Great perspective. And I, 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 I hear a lot of that, and I think, like you said, to be fair, in a thing, nothing to be blanketed. And um, I also appreciate mm-hmm. I also appreciate the aspect of um, I'm going to have you in and out, Bobby, just so you know that you cut out that feedback. Okay. You may not be hearing it, but you're when it's you know I bring you on, I always have you. No, it's not your fault, brother. It just, it's just we won't work through it this morning. And so um, the thing I appreciate the most is, you know, the full spectrum. A lot of times we don't think about, you know, how far we're not going um, without knowing it, right? So I do I do understand that perspective. And the other thing I want to highlight, whereas I do agree with the agent assist that some people do go find that period before and do romanticize it, as, as you said, the agent. Uh, the other part, though, I feel like just to throw this out, and I want to hear Sosa's thoughts if, he, if he's ready to get back in. Um, the other thought is I think more of us in my own experience, I'll say that, I think more of us, um, whereas you didn't connect with it, the, the period that what we're taught in school, like you said, that period of enslavement is all you're going to be taught in those 12 years, whereas you didn't connect with it. I think some of us actually connect with it and are ashamed of it to the degree that we don't want to know nothing else, not even the period before. So we actually go and navigate America without learning a sense of history. And whereas you don't like enslaved movies from the standpoint of you just never connected with it, there are others who don't like them because all they ever were taught was the concept of we were slaves. And so I'm big into language and using the word enslavement because it's something that happened to our ancestors. But if all you know that we were slaves, there are a lot of people who would choose to never know their history. And I think it's detrimental to not know anything, whether it's current history or the period before enslavement, because around the world, all cultures try to, as Baba said, tell some version of their story to help their people. And to a degree, we end up not Sometimes is a is a culture in general not knowing any of it and specifically the period of what we were before we even got to this country. Um, so, so I'll get your thoughts as well as the Asia thoughts. Um, after that, let me see if social's ready to get back in this thing. Any thoughts on what uh, you're hearing? Yeah, I'm here. I, uh, I want to I want to go into the to the speakerphone. Is, is it clear enough? We can do it like that, or do I need to? Yeah, yeah, doing good. You're, you're, coming through, you're coming through clear. All right. Uh, yeah, 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 and and uh, to touch back on the conversation because I I left out on the, on on a four years of uh, twelve years of schooling, right? And um, I think what what we have to understand too is that that twelve years of schooling is predicated upon uh, American history, right? So it, it it picks up generally around sixteen nineteen. So you know, so so in terms of what you learn in school, you're not going to learn. Um, that's not where you're going to get your African history from, you know what I mean? Like on any on any any level, unless you're in a um, uh, predominantly African American school with a different curriculum, right? Because the curriculum is normally status quo, you know, wherever you go. So most of my knowledge came came about afterwards, you know. And even if we step back ourselves from it and, and look at the actual indigenous people of this particular continent, very little is really said about them. Right. The focus. Yeah, let me going, highlight this real know, quick, and I'm gonna let you finish. I just want to highlight. So, in my 12 years of school, though, I know a lot of world history, 
about a lot of places. I don't know. I never learned anything about Africa. I can tell you about if you say name off the people you know that's not us. I can name a lot of history before America, even my twelve years of school. Just throwing a put, kind of throw that out there. But go ahead, King. But like, give an example of who and how, and like, give an example like in your twelve years. Yeah, like I know, about, like, I, know, I know who Charlemagne is. I, who, I know who King King, King Henry the Eighth is. I know who um, Kuba, um, Attila the Hun is. Like these are the things I learned in my twelve years. I, can, I mean, I can I got I can probably oh, name yeah, thirty well, four things. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Okay. In, 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 like you know, like you know, like they'll maybe like a little bit when you get to like high school, you get to maybe U.S. history, because you know you, when you get to U.S. history now you're like a 11th grade, right? Because you got to think about it like this. Well, I, get, I, get, I got world history. history. Maybe your curriculum didn't, but I was taught world history in, in my 12 years. So go yeah, ahead, yeah. We got the U.S. history because, you know, because, like, you got to think of it like this. Okay, elementary school, that's a wash, right? Because you're just too young, right? You come out that at 11, you go into middle school, right? And that first year is a regurgitation of what you learn in elementary school. It's a buildup. So it's not really until you get to, like, high school to you now you get into your U.S. history and your world history. Right, but, yeah, it, I, but it only dibbles and dabbles in, 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 in actual no, world. I, I know, I know, a lot, I know a lot of that history right now that I learned from elementary and school. But again, I respect that your experience wasn't that. But go ahead and yeah, but I um, think you, make, I, I know you got a broader thought. I think that's you got a thought. I didn't go ahead and make your broader thought. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's. I, I was just saying, like, you know, for me, right? Because this, this is how I, and I'll just give my example how I got into wanting to know about me and learn about me. I had, um, I had study hall. Right, and my study hall was in uh, uh, was in a library. Right, one of my one of my classes that I did I had all my credits, so I had one free class, and that was study hall. And it was in the library, and I got the book, the um, the autobiography of Malcolm X. And it was that it was like that was one of the books that 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 triggered a a, mm-hmm. a to me to me to understand that in the library there was a big book talked about what had had a list of all the African American uh, inventions. I'm saying, and it, and it was that, right? Not knowing all of that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so much history right there that that I never saw in school. That that's what drove me to to learn more and get. And that's what got me to my, you know, you shake at the joke and so forth and so on. You know what I mean? So I respect that. Yeah, yeah, um, so that's, yeah. That's, that's just my little, my little dabble on how I got into it in in, in 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 the pathways from from 12th grade and so forth and so on. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was fans of some of these world history people I learned about. Again, just just my curriculum. Deja, any familiarity with that? As far as um, you again, I know you just you didn't connect to that once a month. Um, but we'll do well in your curriculum. Did you learn about others, but not Africans, if you will? Just and again, that's not the whole conversation here. But it's just I'm just curious now to know what your experience may have been. I think you were in the um, in the kind of Midwest, I don't know, Mid East. I don't know exactly where you were. I mean, I was in the South, so that's kind of what I learned in my curriculum. Um, but just throwing it out there, and any other thoughts you got in reference to the discussion as well? Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, like initially it wasn't world history that I learned. Uh, I think it was because how my school was, like elementary school. After elementary school, you don't. We didn't have a middle school. You went from went from elementary to high school. The school was from the 7th to the 12th grade. So when I got about the 7th, 8th grade, something like that, I started learning. It was more so um, like U.S. history. Then, like, later on, uh, I started learning just, like, world history 
but it was really brief. But because for a long time, like I said, initially I didn't really, I didn't really connect with it. And I think part of me not connecting with it because I dealt, I, like my family was so religious and I never believed the survival, like that didn't make sense to me. And so like everything, like once I got into school and I used to see different people, it just, everybody was just a fictional character to me at that point. So it was just, I, I really wasn't actually connecting with anything. I think it was, I can't say what year it was that I was just like, I think it was, um, it was, uh, my mom, it was, it was something that was happening in the house one day and they were talking about, we were in the house and we were talking about, uh, Martin Luther King now. Uh, when I, I was in the country, we used to see, like, Klansmen and things like walk the street and all that kind of stuff. But my granddad, you know, he jumping out with his shotgun. So I still didn't I still didn't see it the same way other people seen it. I never seen it like, you know, how it's being taught to us because the only thing I'm seeing, these people walking around with sheep and my daddy jumping off the porch with a shotgun. So I'm like, they got to get the hell up out of our yard. So that's how I'm looking at it as a kid. I'm not seeing like, oh my God, we need to be afraid of them or anything like that. But I think it was a uh, a thing where that it was something they was watching, and it was Martin Luther King, and uh, they was talking about, you know, your mama was born the same year he died, and got, I mean, he was assassinated and all this old kind of stuff. And like, kind of at that point when they started talking to me about it, I started to be like, oh, okay. You know, I, it started to resonate with me a little bit when I started hearing more about it, actually yeah, hearing yeah, about it at home, because at first I didn't connect with this stuff at all. Right, right. Well, I guess what I'm, I was really referring to just kind of um, what what was taught in sin versus what you're connected to. And the reason that to, in the dialogue to me. Yeah, was, that's what I, I, I was saying. Like, I was, I was taught, like, it was U.S. history where you just kind of just taught about, you know, just what just what happened in America. Then it was like later on, you got like you start getting bits or pieces of just world history, but it wasn't like if you know the mo the bulk of what I was taught was just U.S. history. Yeah, I didn't of course. get to yeah, get much much of world history until I got into college. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't, maybe I'm not being clear here. I'm not saying that when I said I learned a bunch of world history. I was pointing out that in learning world history in our schools in America, I learned nothing about Africans. I'm not talking about was it the bulk. I absolutely, absolutely, any country is going to teach their own history as the bulk. So I wasn't talking about what you was taught more of. No, I'm not challenging about. what you said, Montoya. You asked me what I experienced in school. I'm just saying what I experienced. I'm not challenging what you said. I'm just saying this how it was taught to me. Gotcha. All right, we got another caller that wants to get in. Let's get the caller in. Area code six seven eight last three nine two seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hey, my name is Brother Unk, man. Pseudo killers on deck, man. Shout shout out to Sosa, man. Pseudo killer official. What's going on, Montoya? How you doing, brother? How you doing, King? I'm doing pretty good. I just want to add that I think um, the conversation of history and the way it is supposed to be applied is just dope. And I think we we misunderstand where we at. Nobody's going to teach you African history and show how the African did this or the Ghanaian did that or the Nigerian did that. That makes no sense. 
So the reality is we need to put together a program of qualified people to actually teach charity school. That's how all truly functioning communities do it. So by the time your kids get to school, they're not even needing that, right? They understand from from their viewpoint on what's really going on. Like, for instance, say like Thanksgiving and, Christ, and, and, and Christmas, right? You, you would get a, a, a view of Christmas or, or, or Thanksgiving from the eyes of your people. And I think that's essential. And history is really based off of that. It's based off of telling your story, not allowing other people to compile and tell your story. That's all I want to add to it. Hey, thank you for those thoughts, King. We got another caller that wants to get in. I'll definitely, um, hopefully, get some thoughts from our um, guest as well. Let's go to another caller. Let's keep these callers getting here. This might be Brother Pianki out of St. Louis. Hope I got that number right. Is that you, Brother Pianki? Yeah, it's me. I'm going to tell you how you doing. How you doing, King? What you got for us this morning? Well, I got to, I got this to say, and I agree with uh, Deidre. Deidre? Uh, yeah. See, we're talking about uh, human beings. Human beings around the world have done all sorts of things because they're human. And Deidre is right. See, your history, this we, the history of the we is what's going on today that 50 or 75 years from now, this question that you got posed on your website would be asked. It's what are you doing today? People want to go back beyond the United States. And the information that we have today, especially with the uses of DNA sequencing, dispels what people was using with the study of paleontology and art and with bones and so forth. I give you an example. They didn't know very. They knew very little about Neanderthals, but with DNA sequences, which is recent, they discovered that Americans have about three percent Neanderthal gene, which brings along with it diabetes. You go to African continent, you find very, very, very little, if any at all. Think about that. And I see, too, that you have some American concerns, especially black news, want to claim anything that has non-white, yellow, or red skin as being black American. That's just not true. I was reading an article today with a young lady that won the World Math Contest. Her name is Odishi. She comes from Ogun State, Nigeria, which I know very well. She is not a black American. She's Nigerian. And that there is a problem. It goes on and on and on. Sarah Rector, she was a Creek Indian. She was not a Native Black. So the history that you're making today is the history that counts. My children and grandchildren look at their grandfather, the history he made in the building he done in the Midwest, multi-story office building, bridges. When they drive across a bridge, they say, my grandpa put this up. That's the history that's more pertinent to them than what Deidre made mention of, that we want to go back to ancient Egypt and so on and so on and so on. 
Muhammad Ali went to a country in a town, Eunice, Ireland, and they welcomed him with open arms. Why is that? Because his ancestors, grandfather, came from Eunice, Ireland. They've been his great-grandfather. So we just, a lot of blacks want to just concentrate on one aspect of a person's biological makeup that they're mm-hmm. doing just as much disservice as anything else. Anyway, I'll leave with that. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate your three cents, um, Brother Piaki. We are up against the top of the hour break. Um, next caller, we will get you in coming out of the break, but I definitely want to hear um, DeAsia, Baba Amin, and Sosa Thoughts. Um, as a pseudo killer, I know he specifically gets into the DNA stuff uh, for what I understand, so I definitely want to hear y'all thoughts about what Brother Pianchi had to say, but we have to go to break first. We'll be right back, but all I ask is that you think. made us feel inadequate. It made us feel helpless. And when we uh, fell victim to this feeling of inadequacy or inferiority or helplessness, we turned to somebody else to show us the way. We didn't have confidence in another black man to show us the way or black people to show us the way. In those days, we didn't. We didn't think a black man could do anything but play some horn, you know, some sound and make you happy with some songs and in that way. But when an inferior thing where our food, clothing, and shelter was concerned, and our education was concerned, we turned to the man. We never thought in terms of bringing these things into existence for ourselves. We never thought in terms of doing things for ourselves because we felt helpless. And what made us feel helpless was our hatred for ourselves. One of the things that made the black Muslim movement grow was its emphasis upon things African. This was the secret to the growth of the black Muslim movement, African blood. African origin, African culture, African ties. And you'd be surprised. We discovered that deep within the subconscious of the black man in this country, he's still more African than he is American. He thinks that he's more American than African because the man is jiving him and the man is brainwashing him every day, telling him, you're an American, you're an American. Man, how could you think you're an American and you haven't ever had any kind of American treat over here? You have never, never. Ten men can be sitting at a table eating you know, dining. And I can come and sit down where they're dining. They're dining. I got a plate in front of me, but nothing is on it. Uh, because all of us sitting at the same table are all of us diners. I'm not a diner until you let me dine. Then I become a diner. Just being at the table with others who are dining doesn't make me a diner. And this is what you got to get in your head here in this country. Just because you're in this country doesn't make you an American. And no, you got to go farther than that before you can become an American. You've got to enjoy the fruits of Americanism. And you haven't enjoyed those fruits. You've enjoyed the thorns. You've enjoyed the thistles. But you have not enjoyed the fruits. No, sir. So I point these things out, brothers and sisters, so that you and I will know the importance 
In 1965, of being in complete unity with each other, harmony with each other, and not letting the man maneuver us uh, into fighting one another. I say that again that I'm not a racist. I don't believe in any form of segregation or anything like that. I'm for the brotherhood of everybody, but I don't believe in enforcing uh, brotherhood upon people who don't want it. As long as we practice brotherhood among ourselves and then others who want to practice brotherhood with us, we practice it with them also if we're for that. But I don't think that we should run around trying to love somebody who doesn't love us. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host De'Aja Robinson. Our special guests are Sosa from the Pseudo Killers, as well as Baba Amin Ojuwo from the Uhuru Academy, as we hear a cut from my catalyst into learning my history. Because, again, I think we've all agreed uh, that we didn't learn much about um, who we were um, prior to coming to this country in our 12 years of primary education. And like yourself, Sosa, uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X started me down my path of learning more about people who look like me, and it definitely served as a catalyst for me to go on and do further things. By Again, I think ultimately cultures teach their story, like Brother Unk said, like Brother Baba Amin said, in a way that is beneficial to your community. And again, we, I had to learn it myself, but in learning it, it, it applies and gives you the esteem to navigate the world because you know you come from something. Because unfortunately, if we're honest, our African-American children will not learn about themselves in the 12 years of school. And so um, while I, I, I want to hear y'all thoughts on what Brother Pianchi said, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, what you're doing now matters way more. However, there is a space for history to serve you going forward. And if our children, in my opinion, are still for the most part relatively taught that they come from nothing, and so it becomes a psychological hurdle that sometimes our children have to overcome. Um, DH, I think you had some thoughts about what Brother Pianchi had to say, so I'll let you go first, and I'll go to Baba Amin and Sosa as well. Then we'll get to the caller. Caller, we'll get to you after we get these comments. Yeah, um, I definitely appreciate what he had to add to the discussion because I find it in a way, in a sense to me, I feel like black people be brainwashing black people. Because here's the thing, right? When we talk about um, where we come from, again, Africa is a continent of countries. You don't know specifically who you talking to, where that person actually came from. Or we don't look at you know, that, you know, everybody did come from over here in America now. And what happens sometimes, if you will tell people, hey, you know, my family came from here, or if you got people, you got some people that actually know their family, their their own family history, and they will tell you, hey, this is where my great-grandfather came from, and this is where his great-grandfather, his great-grandfather came from, and you still have the elders in your, actually fam- your actual family, your your own family history to tell you these things and when you're talking to other black people it's like you can't even tell them they get mad at you if you tell them hey this is where my people came from specifically then they no you y'all came from it, and it's like if i already have this ideal of greatness in my mind and it's not to it's not being ashamed of you know the the plight that that um, Africans have experienced or whatever uh, and not being uh, ashamed of that or anything, but saying, hey, you know, as far as I know, like, this mm-hmm. is this is my family history. And a lot of black people, they'll turn around and get mad at you. It's some, it's some of us that, like, for instance, 
I can go back. I could see pictures of during the time of of actual slavery actually happening, where I my family now has a barrier site where we had land. The most the the biggest thing that impacted my my actual family was sharecropping. So we had land, and there's still we have a plot now. Some of the land was lost, you know, during sharecropping or whatever. Some of it was lost, but there was still a part that say that it's a barrier plot now for our family. And then we also have another piece of land where my great my grandma's home was on and everything. And if you go down, I could drive down there now. That land is still there. It's still manicured. They still take care of it or whatever and everything. And if I show people, I'm like, hey, this is mine. I could show you this. This is a picture of my family, where I came from. Actually, the good thing that they did was start putting pictures. They used to, um, they done went, after the years, they done weathered away or whatever, but there used to be pictures on the actual tombstones. So when we would go visit Memorial Day, is a big thing in our family. Like that's a big for for us. That's a real big holiday for us because what we do is I'll go back home and we visit our plot. And so that's when we have our moment of you know just connecting and everything where we're able to see our actual people. I'm able to see this is what my great 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 grandfather looked like. And so and and if you start telling people, hey, this is where I came from. They be that ain't that, you. You came from this. It's it's kind of like they try to drill in your mind mm-hmm. the same thing that now they want to drill it in your mind that your ass came from you. You know you came from chattel slavery, but then they want to turn around if 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 you if you say hey this is this is where my family come from. They want to drill it in your mind. No, your family came from this. But then too. When it got drilled in their mind that they came from chattel slavery, now you got the people, now they want to wake up and say, hey, you know what, before slavery, we were kings and queens. And so it's still all a mental fuck to me at the end of the day. So I agree with the fact that we need to really focus on where we're at right now because I don't see a lot of these other races of people when they they experience, like, you know, enslavement, the Holocaust and all that kind of stuff. They don't sit around and and try to uh, remind themselves of that or whatever the case may be. They actually go about trying to erase that, or w- they don't want other people to see that they experienced that or whatever. And look where they are at in society versus us, who still so be trying me, to connect back with that. So let me jump in real quick. I'm going to go to um, Sosa and then Baba Amin. So I'm just going to say this very briefly. So what I really, really respect about what you're saying, and I've been guilty of doing this very thing, but what I really respect what you're saying is how your family gave you its story and it made you proud. And so that goes into, again, his story. So, yeah, it is incorrect for someone to try to negate your story because, as most families, families have good and bad, and if you find out your family history, for the most part, families don't sit around and tell all the bad of their history. You tell the good stuff because you want to instill your children and say, hey, this is the ilk you come from. Take this name and carry it on. And so everybody tells their story in a way that's to their advantage. So to your family's credit, you've learned your story that way. I will disagree with you on this aspect of other cultures, uh, especially I mean, because you mentioned the Holocaust. 
Um, there are more Holocaust movies than there are of any type of movie in the in the movie in in Hollywood. Obviously, the you know just the Jews do control Hollywood, so let's be you know that's part of the reason. But um, yeah, there's ne- there's definitely a never forget on that period, um, and 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 they're real methodical about it. So just to kind of throw that out, um, Sosa, your thoughts has a lot been said, but I want to jump you back in here and I want to get the Baba me, and then we'll go to the caller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be brief because I want to hear what the, what the other had to say. Um, yeah, that's. I was kind of going to say the, the kind of the same thing. I think um, uh, other cultures do do it, right? Like I said, uh, we we know that the, that is done in Jewish culture, right? If you say anything out of line about the Holocaust, like you can get canceled, right? Um, uh, look at look at look at Nick Cannon's statements that he made and all type of sponsors that was pulled. He had to bring the whole Jewish community into, you know what I'm saying, to, um, to rectify that. So I think that is a, you, you do see it. And, and like I said before, I think it's more of an issue of applying it. I think the problem is that once you have the knowledge of the history, nobody knows how to apply it or why, why, why you have it, right? Some people think that you have it to, to make yourself Better than uh, another race of people. I'm saying that, and if, and if you if you operate from from um, that mindset, then 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 you're gonna and then you're gonna pick up all the errors that that comes with that. So, like I said before, I think that we don't talk enough about um, how to apply the history once you once you know it. The purpose of purpose of attaining it, and then. How how is how is how is applicable in your life, and how you can make it relevant in your day to day life, and in your child's day to day life, to where they to where they don't go off the rails, and they don't become romanticized, and they don't just get caught up in the fact that we're kings and queens, and they understand that we most of us were farmers, right? We come from an agricultural society, so I, th- I think that's the. Uh, yeah, that's a great that question. We got asked. a great, we got a, I think we got a great person who could give us at least a good attempt at the answer since he does this for a living. So I'm gonna bring Brother Bible Amin in to answer that question before we go to the next break. For the couple of callers, going to get to y'all coming out of this break. But yeah, Bible Amin, um, if you will, um, yeah, what's your answer to how do we apply it? Because we can go astray with the history as we've heard, you know, from the Asia and Sosa as well. Uh, go ahead, King. Oh man, and um, and I appreciate the personal history that uh, Jesus shared about her family and Brother Pianchi about his grandfather. You know, because those are valuable tools. I have a teacher named Sean Gales whose family still uh, is still fighting and holding on to over two hundred acres of land uh, in uh, in Louisiana, in Arkansas. You know, and I got to sit with the elders in his family and and learn their story. You know, and we even incorporated that uh, into our uh, curriculum. Uh, right. It's about having a, a it's about having a goal in mind. Where are you trying to go? Every everything you learn in school for us, it was to pass the test. But for the people who are the ruling class in the society, they were learning because they were being prepared to lead us, right? So you were learning two, the same lesson, but but it didn't it hit you different because you just need to get an A to pass the class. It hit them because they needed to get an A. They need to learn that because they're about to be George Washington. They're about to be Thomas Jefferson. They're about to mm-hmm. inherit whatever it is that was passed down to them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you look at the example of somebody like Chairman Mao in China, let's talk about other cultures. Chairman Mao Zedong, who's the founder of the, of the People's Republic of China, was the son of a peasant that began his revolution by holding plays. 
going from village to village holding plays, teaching Chinese nationalism, teaching Chinese history, right? Getting the Chinese people, you know, letting, yo, yo, we, we just as good as the British. Kind of the same thing that we do, but he had a goal in mind. His goal was to topple the, the uh, imperialism and establish a new government, and he did it successfully. Right, it's been done. But if you Chinese national, if you look at uh, uh, any nation that rules, they rule based on a story. They justify their rule based on a history. Right. Story. So, so mm-hmm. it does matter. Everything we do today is built on something that happened yesterday. Period. Right. And how and it, policy is determined and defended with history. Right, right. How the approaches to healthcare, everything is 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 determined by history. You know, black women don't get equitable treatment in the medical center, not just because of your skin. No, because Western science decided that you don't feel pain the way white women do, so they don't have to be as careful with your body. You you know what I'm saying? So so you have to come along and you have to dispel those myths, but not just to talk about it and to put on uh, bracelets and red, black, and green shirts. No, but to raise a generation that are going to be institutional build institution builders institution infiltrators right and 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 educators you know what i'm saying this this is a process it's not an event to re-educate is a process it's not an event but you have someone has to start the process so in the how that's what you do that's the purpose of going in seeing where we want to go, what are we trying to build as a collective or as a group of collectives, right? Everybody ain't going to be with the collective. Some people are happy where they are. That's fine, right? But you go in and you find those like-minded people say, hey, this is where we're trying to go. Well, how do we need to shape and mold our children to help us get that way? Because it's a generational fight. Some of us are just individuals that say, hey, when my individual children are born, they grow up, do whatever they individually they want to do, right? And that's, that's fine. But then you have some of us who are more collective-minded that say, you know what, I'm trying to build a legacy for my family. I'm trying to build a legacy for our community. This is the, way, this is the direction that we want to go, and this is how we shape the education to do it, right? But even now, those who are individualistic got to realize you're getting shortchanged in the public school system, and your babies are being trained. They're being trained to uplift someone else's legacy and then to be satisfied with the crumbs that fall off that table. All right, thank you for that thought. We're up against the break. I'll get to the callers. I know um, we've got a new caller, and Kevin and Brother Aunt want to get back in as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. 
MoneyMotivation.com, MoneyMotivation.com. It is Small Business Saturday. Go to MoneyMotivation.com and get 40% off. You just missed the 50% off the head last night for that Black Friday sale. It is the hottest streetwear brand in the country, black-owned, high-quality material. If you see me on social media, uh, on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page or the IG Mental underscore Dialogue, you'll quite often see me wearing um, the Money Motivation brand gear. People highlight it and love it all the time. So go find out and support your own. As I said, we buy black on Small Business Friday. This morning's discussion question, who are we before enslavement and does it matter? Special guest co-host, DeAsia Robinson, special guest Sosa of the Pseudo Killers, as well as Baba Amin Ojuo of the Who Academy. We have another caller that's been waiting to get in, so we're going to get to the callers. And um, we'll get back to our guest as well. Area code six seven eight last three three zero six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning. This is uh, Tennyson. I'm calling from Atlanta. And you know, religion is one reason why I think it's important to know our history uh, before slavery and who we were. And the reason why I say that is that we, were, we weren't Christians or Muslim before slavery. We became religious after being colonized by the Arabs and the Europeans. And, you know, religion was forced on us. And the unfortunate legacy of Africa being colonized is we were the number one, uh, Arabic is currently now is the number one language in Africa. And you look also at the most populous African country, Nigeria. That is being marked by conflicts between Christians and Muslims. And the makeup is about 55, 45%. And so those are some of the things that we have to keep in mind. Also, uh, you know, for those who are still troubled by us, still discovering, um, discussing slavery. You know, I have word for you. <laughs> we are still in slavery. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, and it's still relevant. And if we don't know our history... As one of the panelists had mentioned, or one of the callers, we are bound to repeat it, and he's absolutely correct. Um, but never really know, and we will never really know who we are if we don't study history and understand where we come from. We'll always be a lost set of people. So those things are very important. But let me make one quick point, too, because what the young lady had brought up, uh, us, you know, wallowing in our self-pity or things. That's what I kind of uh, interpreted. When you look at the Jews who don't try to erase history, they do not. They educate and protect their history. And I don't know if you guys remember uh, a couple of years ago, Nicki Minaj had to apologize for referencing Nazi uh, imagery in one of her videos. When has Nicki Minaj ever had to apologize to anyone, including black people, for all the filth? that she has put out there. Now, don't get me wrong. She's a talented woman. doesn't mean that she doesn't have a lot of filter out there. And so we got to be careful. we got to hold each other accountable. So history is very important. We cannot keep pushing under the rug and make it look as if, oh, it's not a big deal. And, and I'll, I'll also add this. The Japanese, when they got bombed, up to this day, they still always remind Absolutely. People of what happened. And even as a result of that, 
you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. So I won't even go into other countries, but you get the point. No, absolutely. And they still leverage it in world, um, in world affairs as well. Um, they absolutely leverage um, that specific moment in, in how they operate in world, world affairs, if you know kind of how the World War II ended. So um, great point. Thank you for the uh, three cents this morning, Tennyson. Um, so, so I'm going to let you jump in first on kind of what you're hearing. And if I could just add this to it from the standpoint of everybody's calling in saying it's very important that we know our history. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, get you, I know you have your own thoughts, but I just wanted to add this part to it. So we, like, I love how you said earlier, regardless of whether we're learning about this history, it still has a place of importance. I'm, I'm going to circle all the way back to the very beginning of this dialogue and say as much as we got everybody calling in saying, hey, it's important, uh, we're bound to repeat it. Uh, uh, and again, I, and I love what Brother Pianchi and even what the Asia is saying is like just making history now. Um, because again, if you don't bring it to relevant to now, it, I think that's what made you ask your question, how do we apply it? So I'm, I'm saying all this to kind of say as much as we're saying this, if we're honest about us culturally, to a degree, generally speaking, we're not seeking it, even though we've all agreed that it's important. And I think Baba Amin broke down how, in a sense, to make it applicable. So I would say when you ask that question, it's some of listening to what Baba Amin is saying, and now maybe we have to push, in a sense, a, a propaganda machine to help people understand, hey, this is important. And this is how it can help you. Uh, would you agree with that, or how do you see what I? I know, I know I said a lot in that, but I just kind of want to see if I gave some some context or how we move forward for more of us to get the apple applicable history. And I only say that because that's what you continue to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm only saying, and and, uh, and I, you're definitely right about in general. Uh, we we don't seek it. It's not seek. Uh, it's not something that we seek out in general when we're talking about the African American population, right? And, and the the importance is is um, comes you know through. I think we do need a propaganda machine, and the propaganda machine is uh, you with your child at home, because you know importance mm-hmm. is uh, what you view as important is are the things that's instilled in you as a child, right? Or, or right the the you understand that is important. To, to brush your teeth because you know, every day you gave you a toothbrush and you had to go, you know what I'm saying? So there's different mm-hmm. things. I mean, to clean, to make your bed or, you know, uh, uh, clean your room up, right? So I think from, you know, early, early on in youth, I think that, that definitely should be the, uh, the proper, the propaganda machine that helps push that forward. And, uh, and I, I agree with what kind of what, what Unc was saying, like, um, it needs to be like, we do need that, like, um, Preschool, early early young childhood uh, developmental center uh, uh, area, uh, you know what I mean? Like the Jewish have their Jewish community center, like uh, mm-hmm. boy, uh, African American Black Boys and Girls Club, where this is where this is done, and they can go to, and they can they can get sports, exercise, and information. Yeah, um, Deasia, would you support an idea like that? I'm not I'm not assuming that you wouldn't. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, you know, again, because I think like your family, I feel like 
based on your story and what I know about you, they set you up perfect. So no, we shouldn't. Nobody should be demonizing the history that they've given. They've, they've given you a proper amount of history for you to move forward and navigate the world properly. But knowing that a lot of people out here floating, or as Baba Amin said, they've only learned what they got in the, the 12 years of primary school, and it really sets you up for a position in this country. And I, w- and I would agree with Baba Amin on that. So for somebody who doesn't have a, a rich family history in your way, can you see the benefit to um, doing what Sosa just said? Most definitely. Um, I, I want to be very clear. I'm not insinuating that we shouldn't know the history. Right, we right. definitely should. We definitely should know what our ancestors experienced, so we could have a greater sense of self. Knowing knowing what our ancestors experienced, and also knowing my own personal, my my immediate ancestors, my own personal family history. Uh, was very, very powerful for me, and it helped me to be able to navigate a lot a lot better. So I, I, I hope it never came across as if I was saying that it's not important. No, we didn't take it history. No, we didn't take it that But it's just that that's just where it starts and stops. That's just where it starts and stops, stops for me, so to speak, because that's just, um, you know, even with us bringing up, like, the different races and everything, yeah, we know about the different things that happened, but it's not drilled into us the same way that, you know, like the slavery is drilled. And I just feel like it's important for us to just recognize, you know, the how we are how how we are taught, you know, our history and how we are like brainwashed and the reason why because of that is so important for us to have these conversations and that's the reason why the question come up anyway, is because it's 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 so deeply ingrained in us. So what he said is very, it is very important. I definitely agree with that. That's a good idea. I love it. Um, we're about to go to break. So before I get to Baba Ami and the callers, Calvin and um, um, Brother Aunt wanting to get back in, I just want to highlight, because I wanted to mention this concept, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but uh, a lot of dialogues we have when history, we get into the idea of accuracy. And accuracy matters scientifically. Accuracy matters um, if you're an anthropologist or whatever, his story, once you understand how it's used, it's the same reason why we have fairy tales or, you know, um, we learned the George Washington lie or all these little fairy tales. When you understand how culture is implemented, history is used in a similar sense. And then sometimes we get to arguing over accuracy and the and it's, again, if you're within the context of that subject matter, if you're a historian, then that dialogue makes sense. If we're talking about how we're going to use it and set up a school, then we have to effectively use history the way that it's used in prime, like 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 Baba means talking about. So just something to think about. History is a story that benefits you. You don't just go and think about the worst stuff in order to tell the history. It's not to avoid that stuff or keep it out, but that's only, in my opinion, if you're in that subject matter. As far as how you teach culturally, what do you teach them to go build upon, as I heard Baba Abin said. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. 
What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, who were we before enslavement and does it matter? Special guest co-host, DeAsia Robinson, as well as Sosa from the Pseudo Killers and Baba Amin Ojo of the Hulu Academy. Baba, um, again, loving this idea, the Saturday school idea. I think Sosa said something very important as he gave the example of the toothbrush of just understanding um, like you said, in the public schools, there we, we there's a disservice that's going to be done to your black African-American child in those public schools. And so it is imperative that, and I like to be practical here, so you got the idea of a Saturday school, ultimately the Hulu Academy online for, what, four or five years now. So right there, any place in America, if you're listening to this and some of what we're saying, we have the Hulu Academy doing exactly what we're talking about. And for those who don't hear about the Uru Academy or that's or they or they want to make sure their child goes to school, if your child goes to that school, then I always highlight that it is imperative that us as African American children, I mean as as uh, the African American parents, have to supplement the twelve years of education. So I'm throwing out all gamuts to what needs to be done because there's never a time when you talk to black people that won't say we need to know our history. But the reality is, as I said to Sosa is generally speaking, we're not seeking it. And it's a disservice in a major way to why we see some of our stagnation um, on the opposite end of what the Asia, you know, offered in the beginning. Cause he, I agree with her. Some people romanticize it to the point that they stagnate. You said that as well, but the bigger issue is those who are not navigating because they don't know their history, your thoughts, King, and then I'm going to get to Kevin and um, uh, after you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me bring you back live. We're just doing that for the feedback. Hold on one second. Have a little feedback with Baba Amin, so I have to bring him in and out. All right, go ahead, Baba Amin. All right. All right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, yes, you know, on the subject of, of putting it on the ground and how it can be used on the ground, you know, Hoorah Academy started in 2010, and we started as a Saturday school. Then we were spring break school. Then we became a summer school, and then we became a full-time uh, uh, academy, you know. Uh, but I started teaching black history uh, in the middle of the hood, Butler Housing Projects, what's up, East Side, you know, in the 1990s, in the midst of the crack epidemic, in the midst of gang violence, and we were a safe haven inside the community where young people could come to, you know what I'm saying, and just get a different side of the story, a different perspective on who they were, where they came from, what the possibilities were in life, how to overcome, you know what I'm saying, what was going on in the current circumstances at the time, you know, and uh, so it, it, the history was kind of used as a foundational piece, you know, to build self-esteem in the midst of, like, a firestorm, you know what I'm saying, in the midst of having drug-addicted parents, in the midst of that, so it was right on time, you know, we currently organize 
Saturday schools, after-school programs, and we do that for free for any group that's ready to galvanize and put a program, any type of rites of passage or uh, a program inside their community. Uh, we're here to help with that, you know, based on experience, right? Yeah. I mean, there are so many um, uh, applicable tools that 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 our story can be a part of. It's never the whole answer, but it's a part of an answer. It'd be a powerful piece to anything that you're putting inside the community because everyone wants to feel a little better about themselves. And, and do you romanticize a little bit? At times you do. At times when something's been beat down so much, it was the reason why Elijah Muhammad said the white man's a devil. It wasn't because he really believed the white man was like Satan with the tail and all that. It was because he understood that white, black people were enamored and so in awe and fear of the white folks that the only thing that black folks uh, hate is the devil. So, hell, I got to make white people the devil. Y'all not going to stop shopping with them. Y'all not going to clean yourself up. You know what I'm saying? As long as I give him uh, some room to be something good, you're, you're going to be triggered to support that system. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, when you it, there are certain times where you go in and you teach a romanticized version of your history. And, and also, because the history you get in school, uh, the European history you get in school, is completely romanticized. It's extremely romanticized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To to the yep. extreme, right? And, and so there are psychological effects to that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Whether we want to admit it or not, that 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 hey, that's been proven, right? Example. So let me give a specific example right here because we just okay. came up with Thanksgiving, uh-huh. and, and, I, and it's going to hit home. So you're going to appreciate why I did this. So uh, let me bring you off just for a second because we're going to get that feedback. I'll bring you right sure. back in. All right, hold on one second. So. I just learned this history um, thanks to one of my great great friends, uh, Dr. Sanjata, who shared it on social media. And, Brother Uncle, I'll send this to you because we already talked about this. So um, I just learned the history of the specific tribe that, in a sense, assisted the pilgrims. And I don't want to say their name. I just know it starts with a W, but I don't want to say their name incorrectly. But anyway, a specific tribe, the specific tribe that is actually the Wapanoa. The... Yep, yep, there you go. Thank you, brother. So they're directly connected yeah. to the to the to the pilgrims. So speaking of this romanticized version that Brother Baba Amin just spoke about, so for the most part, you know we have our version of Thanksgiving that we get in America, and so most of you already know that. That aside, so I saw the version from that tribe. And say the name again, the tribe again, brother. So Wapanoff. Wapanoff. Okay. So I saw their version, and so their version obviously is very different. His story their version of history. So they tell it in a way that's beneficial to their community. And you can imagine it's the complete opposite of the pilgrim story. But here's the thing that made it very unique. The chief at the time, and this is just understanding kind of what Brother Pianchi said, the idea of what humans do. So the chief that was leading that Wapanoff group at the time, what happened was the, the, the American history tells the story that those Native Americans, in a sense, that group came to the Plymouth, to the pilgrims, rescue because they were starving out, which they were starving out. But it wasn't that they came to their rescue. That wasn't the idea. What happened was the chief at the time, they were having an issue with this bigger tribe that was wiping them out. And so what the head chief decided was, if I befriend these pilgrims who have guns, maybe I can make the relationship, get access to, to their guns in order to fend off this other tribe who's wiping us out. So what, so, and that's, that's just giving deeper context when you learn those details. Here's the idea. 
their culture now says, wow, that was a huge mistake. That's how they teach the story now. Here's what I thought about when I read the story. We don't know. So in a sense, they may look down upon that chief making that decision because he had a bigger threat in another Native American tribe than he saw in the pilgrims. We don't know that had he not done that, what if the other tribe would have wiped them completely out? So there's so many views of to, to reiterate why Baba Amin is saying you romanticize at times because it's necessary to improve your story. So now they look at it as a regret, but they may have gotten wiped out. That's just a whole nother perspective to throw into this thing. Baba Amin, if you finish up your thoughts, I want to get to Kevin and Brother Ankh after you. Go ahead, King. Okay, all right, all right, cool. So, so like you say, history is a tool. You know what I'm saying? And and I want everybody also to understand that the school is not education. School is not a place where you're going to learn everything. School should be the foundation or the launching pad of your learning. You're going to be learning throughout life, right? But your orientation, your worldview, is going to dictate the type of information that you seek, the type of information that you seek to learn, right? And so, our goal as educators is to be launch pads, launch pads for our students moving forward, right? And, and, and the way things are currently taught, when you begin your history in slavery, you're learning about everybody else's innovation in the world, and that's great. But for a lot of us, it puts you in awe of the innovation of, uh, of others. We want, we want our children to be in competition with the innovation of others. We want our children to say, okay, yeah, but, you know, we got to walk too, right? We're, we have a walk as well. Like at our school, we don't teach black history. We teach world history. It's just we teach world history from the perspective of people that look like us. But we learn about the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages. We learn about uh, uh, ancient uh, Asian empires and things like We touch on all of that, right? But we touch mm-hmm. on it based on the interaction with us with those, with those, th- that part of the world. And what were we doing at the time when, when that was happening? You, am I making sense? Making a whole bunch of sense, brother. Making a whole bunch of sense, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let you me know, these other and, and so let me this. go, go ahead, go ahead, my target. No, loving it, loving it, brother. No, loving it, loving it. All right, so you know. And, and so that's it, man. So it's a tool. It's a tool for liberation. So yeah, we need to set up the Saturday schools because because we do have a collective uh, uh, agenda now. It's called assimilation and integration. We've been doing the integration assimilation agenda collectively as Black people, right? At least for the past strong for the past sixty years. Right, and it's time to give it a report card. It's time to give the integration assimilation agenda an honest report card. How we doing with that? Because we are doing that as a collective, as a people, as a unified people. We are attempting still to assimilate and integrate into American society. All right, let me get to these callers, brother. Thank you for those thoughts. Beautiful thoughts. Mm All right, I got Kevin coming in. Kevin, I only had you in once, so keep try to keep him quick. I got a brother aunt wanting to get him back in as well. Yep. All right. Go ahead, brother. Um, Go ahead. Uh, three is about power and and learning what happens. See, I'm about to practice it right now. I just found out that Baba Amin is my twin brother <laughs> because. It cringes when he come on before me because he didn't take every talking point that I get I had in my head. Yeah, you should have came off the one, Kevin. If he just said everything, then you you could have came off the one. Let the ball get back in the thing, man. We ain't we doing no piggyback. We ain't got but fifteen more minutes. I, I gotta meet him because I know my daddy been somewhere around him. I got. Well, he's he's South Carolina. He's South Carolina now. 
man, my name is Calvin Bennett, so I'm going to inbox you. I need to meet him. Give me, give me his number. Now, here's the thing about that so-called word of romanticizing. You're supposed to romanticize. If you don't romanticize, you will die. Reason why you will die? Because other groups romanticize so much that they build monuments and statues on the greatness and the glory of a, of a nation. Because that's, right. that's what you have to teach that's that history and that romanticized side of history in order to build a nation. But it's when you lost your history is when you stop building. But those, all those naysayers that said we don't need to be romanticizing and we don't need to go into the slavery, we don't need to go into the history before the slavery, you are the reason why we have nothing right now today. Because you refuse to go back to your history. Because what your history is, you, your history is this. You're, you are supposed to take over the family business. You are supposed to take over an established family business and keep it running. But because you, did, I did, you, did, you lost that knowledge, now you don't. You keep failing trying to start a new business. Matter of fact, you don't even know you're supposed to start a new business because what you're doing is you work for Massa. For getting that big degree and working for Apple and everybody else's business. You you content with renting from other groups outside of you. You content content with that. Those who wanted to bury the history, they are the reasons why we're in the predicament we are. In right now, we're up against the break. Now, thanks for letting me get back in. Great talks, um, brother Kevin. Um, and I'll definitely get you linked, Bob. I mean, I'll get y'all linked up because, um, like I said, he's yeah, he's right there near you, um, Kevin. For what I understand, so I'll definitely get y'all linked up. And it's not the first time we've made a live on air connection. Because again, at the end of the day, just so y'all know this, again, we do this every Saturday morning. We do, we're the best in the world at doing hard conversations on race, sex, and gender. But ultimately, our mission is to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services, and learn to do business with one another. So this is just an extension of that mission so i love what we make on our connections so i will get y'all connected again we all against the break we'll be right back but all i ask is that you think we'll get brother Unk coming out of the break have you heard about that podcast mental dialogue it's so good it should be illegal but if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. 
LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page, my personal page on the Montoya Smith, the IG page, mental underscore dialogue. Just inbox me. We have amazing rates. We get your information out to uh, our smart audience. And if you understand anything about consumerism, smart audience, buy quality products. And we, again, we like to buy black and support black on this small business Saturday. So I've already recommended the moneymotivation.com, one of our sponsors, moneymotivation.com. Please visit them. If you're in Atlanta and don't have anything to do on this small business Saturday, there is the Your ATL Tours. The Mr. Dialogue Community Club is linking up with them at 2 o'clock today to go on a tour. Specific history here in Atlanta, we're going to support several businesses, Um, In addition to going around learning the history of of Atlanta, if you will, specific history that you probably haven't learned. I've been on the tour. It's an amazing tour. Uh, We're going to visit a couple of um, high-end black-owned retail spots that a lot of people don't know about. Um, Highlight the Village Market ATL as well as a home decor location that a lot of people don't know about. And then we're going to end up at Highland Bistro. We're starting out meeting at Highland Bistro, uh, but go to youratltours.com. If you want to jump in on that tour today and join us for an amazing day, we're going to have spirits and games. So we're going to make this history. So basically today we are learning black, buying black, eating black, and having fun black. So definitely join us for the tour today at 2 p.m. Go to my Facebook page or my mental dialogue page to get more info, youratltours.com. This morning's discussion question, who are we before enslavement and does it matter? Special guest co-host. Deja Robinson, Baba Amin Ojuwoga of the Huru Academy, and Sosa of the Pseudo Killers. Going to go back to Brother Unk, who's trying to get in. If you're out there on the line trying to get in, you do have to press 1. I'm sorry I haven't said that. A lot of these callers have been rocking with us for a minute, so they know you have to press 1. For some of the other callers that are on the line, press 1 if you're trying to get in with us. If you want to get in, we only got 10 more minutes, so I'm just going to rock with the ones we got right now. Go ahead, Brother um, Unk. Brother Unk, you live. All right, brother. Yeah, can, can you hear me now? Can yeah, you hear I can hear you now, now Yeah, go ahead, King. Okay, yeah, I just like uh like you say, uh, shout out to Bob Amin. Shout out to Bob Amin, man. He um he kinda he looked out for me, man, treated me like a king when I came to Texas. You know, when they showed me around the spot, man. So, you know, the work they was doing in Texas was legitimate the way they galvanized that community. And I just wanna, you know, make sure I give them those flowers, right? And simple so, as that, yo. So I appreciate that. So shout out to you, brother. Appreciate the way you treat our people. So watch this, though. The conversation is very delicate, very intricate, and very, very complicated. So when we speak in terms of romanticizing, we have overdid it. We 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 have pushed the needle to the point of no return, of complete foolery when talking about our story. We have pseudorized our story. Pseudorizing your story is dangerous. You start to take on the legacy of those who have robbed and stole from your community. You, you, you the Native Americans, you the Indians, you the cowboys, you every single thing. As a matter of fact, to the point where no other people on planet Earth has the ability to do anything but you. 
that's a dangerous situation. You have overmade yourself more than what you ever was and more than, you, more than what you ever could be. And so this is where we are right now. This is why certain groups were created to bring us back in the center. There is no problem with creating a story and a history. That's okay. But when you lie and steal other people's story, then you're no better than the people to put you in the situation in the first place. I think this is important to clearly understand that. I disagree with anybody that says that you shouldn't understand your story. The story starts out about 350,000 years in Africa. So functioning African people building strong communities, at least the leadership, should at least understand that evolution is black history. You should know that first. And then as we move through time, we should get the story as correct as possible. We need to know the story correctly. Now, when we throw in our little tidbit of romanticizing, that's something different. But to outright lie, that's dangerous. You need to know your story prior to being enslaved. So we're in a position of very, very complicated madness. This is exactly what slavery did. It erased you. It erased your story. So, so we as African Americans, we always talk about the continent of Africa. When the reality is those people didn't look at themselves like that. There were different tribes, different nations, different clans, and different kingdoms, right? Now that we got DNA, we can kind of get back to those spots. This is important. So we'll use science and scientific literacy to tell our story. This is important for accuracy. This is important for us to understand our way. So learning your story accurately is important. It, 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 it's your go-to in time of need because it tells you who you are, where you at. It tells you where you came from. It explains who your enemies was through time. These parts you need to get right. The Jews, they have identified their story. They've identified their enemies, and they have vowed never to put themselves, never to allow people to put them back in those situations ever, ever again. So that's all I really got to say. It's a complicated story, but the pseudorizer history is bananas. Appreciate that, Montoya. Nah, appreciate strong thoughts. Sosa, um, any thoughts? And I want to hear the Asia after that. Go ahead, Sosa. Sosa, you still live with us, Ken? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, uh, first and foremost, appreciate you having me on, man. I, I enjoyed the bill. Uh, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good conversation. Uh, and I, I like to see it... Uh, Maybe we expound on that and expand it on the, on the, on the Suicide Show. We can actually talk about it some more. Uh, but I, I like the conversation. And um, like, like and, and I think that, too, I think when, when we come across individuals who are learning history, I think the question that we should ask them, too, is like, now that you're learning, how do you intend, how do you intend to use it? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why, what is knowing your history? How does it, how does it help you? Right? That's, like you, sh- you should fundamentally be able to answer those questions. You see, like I think like that question. should be like the, huh? Yeah, I, I love the thought process. Like you're just saying, let's yeah. let's add that since 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 we've had this, un, you know, to a degree, this unique history where mother for the most part, cultures cultures are connected to their history on a continuum. The reality for African Americans, yeah. due to our experience, is for the most part, a lot of us are not, and so I think. Adding that question could be critical and key to ensuring that you're not 
just learning it in a romanticized way to the to the to the extent that it hurts you like Brother Uncle's talking about. So by right. asking that question, it can focus you. So I like that question. Um Deasia, your thoughts about what you're hearing at this point? Um I think uh again it's it's important to know your history and uh uh what we do as black people is we focus on we it's 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 a weird thing that we do. We focus on Africa like as a whole. Um, a Chinese person is, even though China and Japan are both in Asia, right, a Chinese person isn't having to sit and learn or they have to give much reverence to uh, what happened in Japan or anything like that. Even when we talk about, like, the Jews or anything like that, when we talk about the Holocaust, we're talking about what the Jews experienced. Like other white people who are not Jewish are not drilling it into them, right? right? And so when we're talking about black people over here in America and we talk about our history, we look at it as a whole because we start like all of us grouping all of us together because we're not taking the time out to, you know, get our um get yeah, get to figure out, you know, exactly where we came from or whatever because the thing is is this, when you think about it, we say, okay, the transatlantic slave trade, it was in West, it started in West Africa, right? When mm-hmm. we start trying to teach us where we came from, people don't be sitting up talking about West Africa as much because it's not as beautiful as Egypt. It doesn't have like the, it, 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 it doesn't look the same. What they start talking about is ancient Egypt. If you are, if you are talking about uh, trans, the transatlantic slave, Slave, uh, slavement, and we came from West Africa. Why are you teaching us about Egypt anyway? Like, what, what are you, what, what are you, what are you tell? Why, why are you telling me anything about Egypt? Because Egypt is not in West Africa. So, your people, are you being honest with it? Because that's the reason why I say it's romanticized. Because you ain't even teaching people about what West Africa. You want to teach people about the beautiful part. You want to teach people about Egypt. And and if you want to be honest and and you want to be specific, your ancestors did not come from Egypt. So why are you teaching people Egypt? So that's the the part that gets me. We need to figure out specifically exactly where did we come from so we could actually know our actual history because you can't tell me the transatlantic slave move that was in West Africa, but then when you want to teach us where we come from, you go to ancient Egypt. That makes no right. sense to me. All right, we got a couple of minutes, Baba Amin, so I'm going to let you close this thing out, which I think is only right when we have a conversation about history, uh, just basically just giving credence to your, I think, 26, 27 years of doing this, King. So thank you for being available for me this morning and your final thoughts on who are we before enslavement and does it matter? Thank you, King, for being on and obviously tell them how they can get in contact with Uhuru and, um, you know, and if if we leave a few seconds, I might let Sosa and DeAsia do that as well. But go ahead, King. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to bring them back on. We're trying to cut the, get the feedback. Got a minute and a half, Bob. I mean, if you can make it quick. Go as ahead. brief as possible. I'll be as brief as possible. Thank you, Montoya, for this dialogue. And uh, I want to say thank you to everybody uh, that's on the call. Uh, the question was, who are we uh, before slavery, and is that important? It is super important, and I'm glad that everyone agrees uh, that it is important. Uh, and I want everybody to understand that it's not about, in, in the African Center School setting, it's not about 
teaching each child individually where you came from. We, we teach them that that's still a quest that we all are taking uh, as far as figuring that out. When we teach the greatness of ancient African civilizations, it's just in, within the context of teaching world civilization. So you teach Kemet, you teach Nubia, you teach Meroe, you teach Greater Zimbabwe, you teach uh, Azania, you know what I'm saying, which became South Africa. And yes, you definitely teach great West African empires, you know what I'm saying? And so you definitely do that, not to say we're all those things individually, but to say that, look, the people who look like us, people uh, uh, who resonate with us culturally, that's where it came from. When you see, when my baby see the cornrows on, on Queen Nefertari, who is an ancient Kemet, and the baby sitting there got the same braids on, that's a nice connection to make, you know, and sometimes for black people, because our history has been deliberately taken from us, sometimes history class becomes just as much a counseling session as it is a story about history, uh, and, and we're working towards a day to where that's not necessary. I want to shout out to all other African center schools out there that are on the ground, putting in the work every day. Uh, Baba Mwalimu uh, Baruti, Yah Baruti of Akaban House, uh, uh, Sister Cheryl Irvin at New Akibalan STEM Academy, my brother Marcus Klein at Freedom Home Academy, my brother Q Butter with the Zyax Institute, and all other uh, great African center schools out there that are making a difference uh, in our community right now today. Y'all keep up the great black work, and I want to, on behalf of all those African center schools, to invite anyone who has something to offer by way of skill, by way of perspective, to these great uh, uh, scholars that are that are sacrificing time, money, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, effort uh, inside of our communities to please add on, add on to that support, uh, uh, add on to that conversation and to that dialogue. To support the Uhuru Academy, uh, you can uh, visit our website at uhuruacademy.com, U-H-U-R-U academy.com. Uh, you can also send monetary donations to any school, but you can definitely send one to ours via Cash App, Dollar Sign, Uhuru Academy. But we're also looking for teachers. We're also looking for, for ideas. And, yes, we are currently currently enrolling third grade through 12th grade with our online school and 16 and up in our adult education program, Operation Reconnect. You can't scream black power if you don't empower black people. Appreciate y'all. I love it. See y'all next Saturday. Your ATL Tours, if you want to join us at 2 p.m. today for this amazing tour. We're out of here.